Our next guest nickname needs to be changed from the hangman to fight of the night man because of the amazing performances he's put on with exciting battles with guys like Paul Felder and Dustin Poirier. Now with his own podcast, it's a pleasure to welcome CKB and New Zealand's own Dan Hooker back to the program in between meals. Dan, we appreciate you squeezing us in. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me on, lads. It's a big weekend coming up for the boys, so I definitely uh, understand, and I'll, I'll do what I can to give you guys an uh, insight into how the boys are looking. Yeah, we want to know all the dirty secrets, every single thing, Dan. <laughs> Spare nothing. And you're full of lunch now. We saw you eating, so uh, you know this is going to be a Dan Hooker with, with a lot of energy. But just quickly, before we get into all that, and we will, you've got your new podcast, man. You've done a great job with this podcast. You're a couple of episodes in. What made you want to come over to the dark side and join us in the podcast world, Dan? I'm in it for the money, bud. I'm not going to lie. I'm in it for the... Nah, Prepare to be disappointed, Dan. <laughs> Let us save you MMA some time. and podcasting, two of the lowest paid <laughs> industries in the world. <laughs> obviously, obviously joking, but nah, mm. just just to give uh, what's going on over here in New Zealand a, a little bit more exposure because there's so many fights going on every, sec every second, every weekend. Um, there's a different MMA event on, different combat sports event going on in uh, New Zealand and even Australia. And I feel like they just happen and they um, no one really talks about them. So once the shows get back up, I'll, I'll be able to get a lot of local fighters on and, and give them some eyes and, and let the global audience um, get to know these guys a bit better before they make it on the UFC stage. Yeah, so much talent coming from Australasia. It's crazy. Let me ask you, though, if you could have one dream guest on the program, you know, anybody in the world, who would it be? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel I feel like at some stage, at some stage, Izzy will, will pop back up just for a throwback, and that'll be a bit of a chuck away session. We'll probably just end up getting pissed and um, arguing with each other. But wouldn't that be but low hanging fruit for you at this point? You and Israel, you don't have to go through his manager. You just turn to him at the gym and be like, oi, come on the show. We're talking like things oh, awkward in the gym if he knocked you back, oh, wouldn't it? Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then I would have, have to beat him up in the car park when he's not looking. But... Well, uh, nah, we'll see, we'll see. Do you ever imagine getting an opponent on before a fight as a guest on the show? I feel like that'd be revolutionary. Like if you went back in time, say with Paul Felder, and then you were like, you know what, let's just get him on before the fight. Or you could always do it after the fight and kind of, you know, talk about, you know, old battles and stuff. I guess I guess it would have to be the right opponent. I mm. feel like, um, yeah, I feel like if you already had like anim a lot of animosity with the guy, uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna turn out too well. But the boxing does a good job of that when it has someone. Um, yeah. What what's that show called? They do where they where they sit down and they sit face to face and they tell each other how they're gonna smash each other. Masvidal and Darren Till did a good one. That it's was got, that was the, pretty cool. The, the swivel chair show. They sit backwards <laughs> on a swivel chair. And look at each other. Well, the swivel chair show is good. It's good. But nah, that's not a bad idea, boys. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, I'd love to see an interview like Conor McGregor or Brock Lesnar. Or Conor McGregor and Brock Lesnar at the same mm. time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about what you mentioned, and that is, of course, there's a pretty historic event happening this weekend for your guys at CKB. And, of course, I'm talking about UFC 253. You're holding down the fort in New Zealand, but uh, how disappointed are you that you're not kind of there with the boys for the big night? 
Gutted, gutted. It looks like fun. The whole, the whole shebang looks like fun, you know, when they were locking down the gym and um, and all training together. And there's, you know, energy just creates energy. And energy, you know, they're all feeding off each other's energy. And you could feel it. I caught, I caught the end of it, the tail end of it, when, when we were allowed to come in. But um, the gym was still split into groups of, um, groups of 10. So I was in a, a different group of 10. So I had to just look over the wall because they built a wall. <laughs> to separate um, all the fighters from each other. And I had to look over the wall and see how much fun they were doing, beating each other up. Um, and it's pretty pretty gutted to miss out on that. Um, pretty gutted to be out of sync with theirs. I would have loved to turn around and get on this card and be able to be a part um, of this massive event. But unfortunately, I'm not. So I'll have, to, I'll have to watch sitting on my couch drinking beers, which is not bad at the end of the day. Not bad at all. And you don't have that brutal uh, quarantine when you return as well. Uh, but you got Shane Young, you got Kai Kyra France, you got Brad Riddell, and of course Israel battling it out on the same card. I believe the first time that uh, four CKB fighters have been on the same card in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned you'll be watching it. How nervous will you be watching that fight? I imagine there's going to be, you know, you, you're going to have those heart palpitations, not, not once, but four times. Oh, or are you oh, or are you more laid back? Are you just chilling there, like eh, whatever? Nah, usually, usually I was like some some fights, some fights I get like that. Like some fights I get, I get pretty nervous. Um, what was it when Israel fought Brunson? I was like, man, this is a this is a tough fight. This is a big fight. And then to go out there and put on the showcase that he did, I was jumping out of my chair, going nuts. Um, not Kai's last fight. The, the fight before that that was another one that it's, it comes down to the opponents mm. i would have been i would have been nervous for the fight that shane young did have but i think his, his opponent um got coronavirus or something so he got replaced with the slovakian so i think for this shane has one of the 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 toughest fights so i think um that one i'll kind of be on on the end of my seat the others i think they're just gonna bash him i just think <laughs> i think brad's I think Brad's just gonna bash that Brazilian boy. I think Kai's just gonna bash that guy. And and I've Israel, easiest fight of the night. I think he's just gonna bash Costa. I think it's gonna be a, a one sided ass whooping. Wow. Okay, well take us into that. What makes you think that uh Israel is gonna have such an easy time with Costa? Well, he's a big muscle bound um slow striker. If I was designing a character to do poorly against Israel, um, that would be it. A big, slong, limited striker who is going to walk forward and eat shots. I find it. If f- I could, des- if I could design a character to get his ass whooped by Israel, that's um, that's pretty close. I see. I find it fascinating that uh, you mentioned the last time you were really nervous for. Israel's fights. It was the Brunson fight because that was a you know standout performance, and the, since then he's faced Whitaker and Romero, who were both killers. Nah, Whitaker, Whitaker, Whitaker was worried about R- Romero. I went over and um, Romero. I, I actually flew over to Las Vegas, and oh, was that this year? That was March, March of this year. So mm-hmm. I flew over to that fight. So I was sitting, I was sitting cage fight, uh, cage side for that fight. Those are nervous, but that's just a bit uh, different circumstances. I think the wire had just fought before he fought Rob Whitaker, so there was not that much time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> there was not that much time to, to uh, build up any kind of energy because I was just so relieved from um, from my fight, 
yeah, we were co-main event, main event. So I was, um, I was just out back recovering, licking my wounds, and um, yeah, watching that fight out back. I was still jumping around like a like a mad bastard, though. Yeah, of course, coming off that Ally Quinta victory. But uh, what I was going to ask is, with Paul Acosta, where do you rank him in terms of Israel's opponents? I'd say, I'd say, I'd say him and Brunson would be a good fight. I'd say him and Brunson's a pretty, um, that's a good matchup. That's a good matchup. But I just don't feel like um, his skill set belongs in that in that realm of Rob Whitaker, Israel Adesanya. It, it's interesting because, like Castor mentioned, so many tough opponents that Israel's taken out of there with ease. And there's some other guys in the division that people are looking at, uh, guys like Jared Cannonier or even Robert Whitaker. I guess those guys will be fighting each other to figure out who could fight for the title next. And you got Jack Hamanson fighting Darren Till. Um, do you see any sort of tough matchups out of those guys? A Robert Whitaker rematch or a Jared Cannonier fight as, as tough matchups for Israel? I think those are those are tougher matchups for him. I think Jack Hamanson, I think Cannonier and a rematch with Rob. I, I would rate those um, 100% harder fights than the than the Costa fight. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, before we move off this fight, I obviously got to get the official Dan Hooker prediction. You, you mentioned you mentioned that you obviously see this as a favorable matchup. So, what is the official prediction? When and how do you see it ending? My money, well, the mm-hmm. best bet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some money down. I, I... You got some money down. Oh, come on, bud. Come on, bud. The hangman doesn't mind the old pun or two. Uh, really? So you did, you, you, how much do you have down? Come on, Dan. Wait and see. You have to wait and see. Bro. <sighs> you have to wait and see. The, the hangman's smart with money. That though. is Suzu. Someone smart. takes their Suzu. Don't be a Suzu. Not the hangman is Suzu. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I think I think the best bet will be Israel. Like my money, my actual bet down is on Israel stopping him in the in the third. Fourth or fifth round, I think Israel TK on him is only paying two dollars fifty or something, something mad like that. But him to stop him in like the third, fourth or fifth is like nine, ten, twelve dollars. So I, I feel like he's going to stop him later in later in the fight, um, in the third, fourth or fifth. So that's where that's where my money's sitting. Wow, actually, I, 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 I see you messaging Israel like, "Hey, look, I got twenty bucks riding on this thing, so if you don't mind." <laughs> I'm trying to start a podcast over here. I need all the money I can get. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you got a podcast? To... I'm broke. Yeah, <laughs> gotta buy a mic. Do you um? Do you always bet on Israel? Or is this the first time you've bet on him in an actual fight? Nah, nah. I'll put money down. I'll consistently put money on Israel. How much are you up so far? Oh, I don't go. I'm not I'm not silly. I don't go anything silly. I don't go anything silly. Nothing. Nothing that's not uh, sitting around in the pocket. Oh, okay. Well, you've got you've got four bets to make. Otherwise, people are going to be uh, insulted, Dan. <laughs> this week, you've got to at least pretend that you've got like a multi bet or whatever going on the guys. Otherwise, someone's going to be like, "Hey, I'm not worth betting on. What's going on? You know, what's going on, Dan? You're supposed to be I the got, captain here." Yeah. Nah, I got I got Israel. I got some money down in third, fourth, and fifth, and then I have a multi clean sweep. All the boys, including Jake Matthews. Well, I'll tell you what, next time you'll be doing the podcast, we'll be out of some kind of mansion on top of the beach, on top of a <laughs> you see a, you see a big private big, jet. Big gold chain, big gold chain, Rolex watch. All of a sudden, you've retired from fighting. But before you become rich and decide to leave fighting, let's talk about your division because there's a lot of stuff going down at lightweight right now, man. First of all, 
What did you think when you saw Michael Chandler sign with the UFC and become the backup for this Khabib Gaethje fight? I believe on your podcast you said that he now has your attention. Yeah, well, it was hard when people were speculating it and saying about the fight. It's hard to it's hard to know how much stock the UFC is putting into someone that's coming from another organization. But for him to now be signed to the organization, getting the next, uh, being the fill-in for the title shot, now. Now I know. Now, now I'm now I'm certain of how much stock the UFC's putting a lot of stock in on this kid. So I would love to be the guy that welcomes him to the UFC, knees his chin off, sends him back to the big leagues. Wow. What what have you thought of him so far? Have you been impressed with uh, what you've seen of him? You know, in Bellator and in his past career. Ah, oh, he's game. He's good. He's game. He's a quality fighter. That's not. I'm not. That's not any knock on on his skill or any knock on his ability. But I feel like we're just in. Uh, just a different caliber. He's just going to be welcomed, welcomed to a different caliber of fighter. It's interesting because, you know, people are sort of wondering, you know, he's jumped over from Bellator, but does he kind of deserve to be in the spot straight away to be the backup for this fight and to sort of get this opportunity? What do you think? It's the, it's the nature of the business. It's, it's whoever says yes. To, this is a sport of opportunities. It's whoever, whoever says yes and whoever takes up the opportunity. It's pretty clear what happened. It was obviously the UFC didn't um, come to terms with Dustin Poirier on, on um, his contract coming into that fight against Tony Ferguson. They then would have offered the Michael Chandler fight to replace against Tony Ferguson. And obviously, Tony Ferguson has turned the fight down too. So... If they can't put that fight together as the backup, well, then it makes logical sense that that Chandler's going to... He said yes to both. Um, well, he said yes to Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson said no. Well, then he gets a shot, and that's just the nature of the business that we're in. Mm. When, <coughs> excuse me. When initially that fight fell through between Poirier and Tony, uh, everybody was saying your name. Looking at the rankings, it made sense, and I think stylistically it would have been an exciting fight. Were you contacted at all, or, or did you have interest in stepping in? I know I know you just sort of only just resumed to training, Huge was saying, but <laughs> were you contacted at all? Nah. Nah. Why not? Did you want to be... You, you, yeah, I, I would have, 100% I would have taken that opportunity. Yeah, it's short. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, it's that. I would 100% jumped on a plane and, and welcomed that opportunity with open arms. But obviously, well, the UFC wants to inject some new blood into the division. And that's not something that I'm, I'm opposed to. Um, so, yeah, just let me let me welcome the kid. You want to you wanna bring him over? I'm a top five fighter. And, and I'm putting my hand up to say that I'm going to give him an a opportunity and I'm going to welcome him to the UFC. Mm. So in terms of fighting Chandler, are you saying you'd like to get that fight together a little bit later on? Or would you even be as comfortable as, you know, doing a short notice thing and going over and actually being his fight on that card of UFC 254? You know, he, he's likely getting into shape for a fight that, you know, likely he might not fight on the night. Yeah. Yeah, I would. If the UFC calls, if Sean Sharby calls me right now and he says, uh, Michael Chandler, UFC 200 and whatever, yeah, <laughs> we can put that together. We can make that happen. I'll, of course, of course. I love it. I love, yeah, I love the promo. UFC 200 and whatever this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's too many. There's one every bloody weekend. Yeah. I can't keep up. 
He's won $3 million of betting on his team, and now he flies himself to Fight Island and calls it Dan Hooker Island. Let me ask you this, though, man. Let's talk about the matchup between you and Chandler because it's an interesting one. Um, how would you see that fight going? A lot of people, you know, talking about Chandler's uh, power and wrestling. How do you see how, – how would you preview that battle between you and him? Uh, to be honest, I'm not going to lie. I have not sat down and watched – too many of his fights. I've, I've watched his fight against um, his wars against Eddie Alvarez. Mm. That's a fight that I've watched. But any like that was years ago. That was more. That was more me keeping an eye on Eddie Alvarez as opposed to Michael Chandler. Mm. But um, I can't say I've, I've watched anything too recent. I'll go and st- well, obviously, if I get that fight put together, uh, I'll do a bit of study and I'll have a I'll have a far better answer for you uh, next time around the bend. Yeah, I, I hope I hope you get whatever your heart desires, Dan. But I would love to see you guys with like full camp, full preparation, because I think you and Chandler would just be absolute dynamite. Just out of curiosity, though, if something happened with Gaethje or Khabib and he was the fill-in, who do you think he's sort of the more dangerous matchup for, uh, Gaethje or Khabib? Keeping in mind that you haven't exactly watched his whole photography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, ask me the question. Keep in mind. You got no yeah, 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 yeah. No idea who Caught the guy myself, is. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I just, I just admitted that I got no fucking idea. Shoot in the dark, Dan. Take a shot in the dark. Um, nah, I, I'll honestly. Now, now my answer is going to sound like complete shit because of Michael Chandler expert Dan Hooker on submission radio <laughs> <laughs> alright well like the history channel with the alien <laughs> <laughs> well let, let me ask you maybe an easier question what is your prediction for Gaethje versus Khabib or Khabib versus Gaethje I should say how do you see that one playing out don't tell me you haven't seen any of their fights nah I've definitely I've definitely um, definitely studied up good uh enough to comment on those two like initially i was thinking well gagey was going to be a, a super strong matchup just because of his defensive wrestling um and he has like he's so good at getting back to his feet so good at scrambling and, and keeping the constant pressure but it's just i feel like i feel like khabib khabib with his control with his top game with his cage cage control um will be too much I don't think it's. I think it's going to be probably Khabib's toughest fight. I think he's going to. Um, I think Gagey's going to. It's going to. It's not going to be an easy night at the office for Khabib. I don't think he's going to completely blow him out of the water. But I think just with his control, um, he's he'll get the job done. So I'm more leaning towards um, Khabib for that one. Mm. Uh, you're no stranger to leg kicks yourself. I'm just curious what you think about Gaethje's leg kicks, if you think they can be any kind of difference maker. People keep talking about that. Yeah, 100%. If you've got a guy that, that stands up in front of you and, 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 and happily gets kicked, but um, that's not really a range that could be fighter. He'll just he'll clo- he closes the distance quite quickly and, and he'd, he'll get right in your face. It's very hard to kick someone in the leg um, when they're running at you. well let's talk let's finish off by talking about you because people are sort of excited to see you make a comeback and be back in that octagon so just break it down for us and an ideal timeline for you what would it be when would you ideally like to be back in that octagon i know you just sort of came back to the gym about a week or two ago and also 
Uh, sort of rank the opponents for us. You got Michael Chandler, you got Tony Ferguson. A lot of people want to see you fight Oliveira. Um, who? How do they rank for you? How would you do the top three? Top three? Uh, well, let's get to the first question. So I'm, I'm 100%. I'm going to get back in there before the end of the year. That's something that I'm, I'm very set on. I've, I've had a good amount of time to recover. I'm back in the gym. I'm fit. I'm training. Um, and I'm ready to jump in a camp and get back in there. Uh, so late November, December, my 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 schedule's wide open. So we're gonna book something. Top pick, hands down, would have to be Tony Ferguson. That that's a fight um, that I would love to jump in, just because of the the mystique around Tony Ferguson. I would love to get in there and just compete with the guy. But coming a close second, brrr, Michael Chandler, you throw him <laughs> in for a world. Title. You throw, him in the, you throw him in first fight as the backup for a world title. Um, that's that definitely shows the stock that the UFC is putting into that guy. And and I would love to get in there and uh, near him in the face. Uh, <laughs> third, third. I keep getting broken translations from like random reporters that like uh, Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira is calling out Charles Oliveira's where. Charles Oliveira, get on a video, say, Dan Hooker, I want to fight you. It's not a difficult thing to do. <laughs> I don't speak Portuguese, my friend. I cannot understand you. I cannot understand translations. Say it to me, and we'll put that fight together, and we'll make it happen. Any of those three, Tony Ferguson, Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, put your hand up, we'll get in there. Who wants to get in there and compete? Man, I, I love I love uh, how tasty all those matchups would be, man. Three round, five round, all of those will be, I feel like, instant classic fights. Um, we were going to wrap up, but I realized I have to ask you one more thing. You mentioned mystique of Tony Ferguson. It made me think, what did you think of that interaction between Israel and Paulo Costa as they ran into each other in Abu Dhabi? A lot of people were like, what? These guys are, f these guys are friendly, cordial. They didn't expect it after all this, you know, bad-blooded interviews. What did you make of it? No, I didn't think it was very friendly. I thought it was. <laughs> it's pretty. Um, well, Israel was just like poking him, right? Israel was calling him skinny, and and um, Costa didn't have much to say coming back. Uh, interesting, interesting. Is it's hard to read the. It's hard to read like the facial expressions and the intensity when when the guys are wearing masks. Yeah, that's true. I guess based on how you know Israel, is that kind of sort of what you expected it? it all, I think the first time it seemed cordial, the second time re-watching it, you're like, maybe there's a bit of alpha mailing going on here. Oh, 100%. From me sitting there, I know Israel quite well. Like, that, that's, him, um, that's him poking the beer. That's him poking the beer. And to me, it looked like Paul Acosta was the one kind of kind of downplaying the situation. I feel like I feel like Israel was the one instigating and and kind of kind of stirring the pot, stirring the pot. Maybe he's getting uh, he's learning a few of my tricks. I love to stir <laughs> the old pot. Mm, right, of course, so many so many classic encounters. You and Paul Felder, you and Dustin Poirier. Can't wait to see what happens this weekend, and can't wait to see how many millions of dollars you win, Dan, on the multi bed. You have to let us know. Of course, guys, tune into Dan, the Dan Hooker podcast. Available now on YouTube and Spotify. And if you're in New Zealand, don't forget to check out the Combat Academy, Dan's Gym. And, of course, follow the man on Twitter at DanTheHangman and IG at DanHangman. Can't wait to see which one of those top three opponents 
come out and take a fight with Dan Hooker. Can't wait to see you make the return to the UFC. And thank you so much for coming back to Submission Radio. Thank you, lads. It's always a pleasure. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Enjoy your day. <laughs> you too, Dan. Thanks for your time, man. Catch you later. Thank you, lads. Bye.